Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Ryan, we got new equipment, new microphones, and you probably sound like a boss with that blue yeah, Yeti. I do. Avatar 2, the last blue airbender. Oh my. What? Official trailer. For what? Avatar 2. No longer available. All right. Is this the new reboot of the Netflix thing? Yeah, apparently they have a kid. Who does? Look, there's a little Avatar. Ong and Katara? Ong? It's a really derpy looking face. It is a derpy looking face. All babies look derpy. They do. They look like aliens. I hate babies. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, why don't you? Or why don't we just kick off the episode? <laughs> yeah, I was like, are we recording? That? Yeah, we're recording. We're just gonna go right into it. I figured, you know, we'd test the microphones, but what the heck? We're just gonna start right oh, wait, now. Wait, wait. It's up. What's up? The trailer. Okay, we'll watch it a, a, cool. like after the All recording. Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seventy of Utaka Brothers. My name is Rusty, and I'm joined, as you heard, by my brother-in-law Ryan. How we doing? Good. How are you? fantastic i'm really happy that i don't have to amplify your audio output because previously you had a blue snowball mic yes and you were kind of a spaz when we record i am so you are kind of all over the place you kind of lean back a lot lean forward and so that's why listeners can probably attest that when they're driving they kind of have a seizure at points because it sounds like you're <laughs> screaming at them and other points you know you're not speaking I'm very loud. angry yes so yes. now with the blue yeti mic even if you lean back a bit you should be able to hear your voice picked up pretty well yeah and yours is actually blue mine is not my i've got a sleek black matted yes kind of look it's just Good. the name of the microphone is a blue yeti yeah no, so you. yes but the cosmetically or aesthetically mine is like a, a teal blue yeah and yours is again a matte black yeah it's hot yeah, it was last week I was uh, I went and got a haircut after I edited the podcast and threw it up on the the interwebs, and I was sitting there thinking. Well, as I was driving, I was listening to the episode, and I felt like I had to turn up the volume in my car uh, during parts where you were talking. Okay. And there were some instances where I amplified your voice because it was so low when I was editing, but that's kind of like artificially increasing the volume and not having like a, a clear, clean cut piece of audio yeah um so i figured i'll order the yeti uh i've yet to be paid back by you but that's okay yeah it's true you have uh-huh. yet to ask as well I'll i still add, have to pay lauren i'll add it to the tab actually yeah i'm gonna make a note that i need to get two checks cool for the parents but yeah so hopefully the listeners will have a clear audio across the board between ryan and myself again this is episode 70 we wanted to have a more chill episode after the many episodes of topics such as top 10 top 10 games of the year most anticipated all of that fun stuff so we figured we'll just talk about the games we've been playing recently since it's been at least two or three episodes since we've done that and then there's a couple news stories i want to cover today okay uh the smash direct or this whatever the new character that they announced also there is a some star wars news i'm gonna get to and then at the tail end of the episode you know do one of those fun things where i kind of just interrogate ryan he didn't know about it no i was up late last night came up with some questions that i want to ask ryan and uh should be a good time yeah so i mean i guess this week on tuesday yes we were on the Tark Around podcast that we were with chronolink91 fellow listener of the podcast and zach yeah, so we uh, we had a secret Santa, or 
yes. gift opening or gift exchange or mm-hmm. one of those. I don't think Santa was involved too much, just towards the end. Yes, that's right. And uh, yeah, we swapped games. It was, it went, it was like two and a half hours, way past my bedtime. It was, yeah. And uh, I'm still recovering. I got to sleep in a bit this morning, which is great. It was very nice. Yeah. So we wanted to thank both Zach and Alec Cronolink for graciously giving us many more gifts than we had anticipated. Yes. So Ryan and I, we kind of put our funds together and got, uh, I don't know, like I think there were five or six gifts a piece for them. And mm-hmm. I felt like we were opening gifts from Chronolink for must have been like 35 minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah. It was crazy. So thank you to both of them. Please, please, please check out their podcast on YouTube. Tarkaron, T-A-R-Q-A-R-O-N. Really good stuff. They have great chemistry, and they have a great series of videos that you can catch up on. They reviewed all of the Star Wars movies. They're big uh, watching. They watched Survivor, the TV show. Okay. Um, so they review a lot of those episodes. They've reviewed Haunting of Hill House. They do back of the box trivia, or not back of the box trivia, but um, what is it? Hypotheticals. Bo- cover box. Oh. Like the front cover art of boxes. Oh, they like rate cool. those, and then they do like a competition. Interesting. So yeah, that, that's really fun. And then hypotheticals. Yeah, we would never would have done those if it wasn't for Zach and Alex. So thanks to both of them. Again, watch The Secret Santa. Zach will have it edited and up on Sunday, according to him. Again, Zach, your contract with Otaku Brothers, you will be re- receiving 17% less profits with each <laughs> passing day that you don't get that episode up. So really no real pressure there. But um, yeah, Tark Around Podcast, check him out. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, I got... Powerpuff Girls on the Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Color. Color. Yeah, Uh, I played that one and it was brutal. Yeah. So basically, what it is, this is Bubbles' game, opposed to Blossom or Buttercup, who have their own games. And she's sad because Buttercup and Blossom are off, going like chilling with their friends, and all of her friends have left like her alone. So she's sad in a corner. And then him. The transvestite guy with claw hands yeah. and like little pincers. He's like, hey, you don't have any friends. I'm going to kill you. Nice. And then you have to go find, collect your friends. And the first level, you collect 139 things. Whether it's like people or like little collectible things around the map. Okay. Like really old school jump around uh, Game Boy Color game. I cannot beat the first level. I tried it like six or seven times. Um, the highest I got was like 67 out of 139. Whoa. So that's my current progress. I'm not good enough to beat a girl kids game. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous because, I don't know, I feel like those types of games, are you'd be able to beat them in like 35, well, The problem is you minutes. get hit three times and you start over at zero back at the beginning of the stage. Mm-hmm. So it's like Cuphead Levels level of, of difficulty. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then I picked up Mega Man, or they gave me two Mega Man games. Mega Man 11 and the Mega Man The Legacy Collection or something yeah, like that? Yeah, like 7 through 10. Yeah. So I put in 11, went through the main story. I guess the premise is Dr. Willy or Wiley or... Wiley, Wiley. yeah. He, uh, he was in college with your friend or uh-huh. with your like professor dude, and he had this like little gadgety thing that he made and now he captured your robot friends and now they're levels so you have to go attack them i guess spielberg should direct a movie like based on that plot (laughs) really most game boy games he should probably yeah like powerpuff girls what was the name of it like what was the subtitle for that 
Bubbles. Uh, Battle for Him nice. or something like that. Yeah, I think that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, they got a ton of stuff for me as well. So I got... Um, I'm actually wearing the shirt they got me. Oh, yeah. Alec, he gave us uh, two well, two shirts, one for you, one for myself. And then actually one that was an extra small that fits Lauren. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I took a picture and sent it to him and Zach and said... You don't have to give it to Scoob. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I got a Kingdom Hearts shirt. I got Vampire or Vampire. 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 I'm not sure how you really pronounce that. Uh, looks like a really interesting kind of action, story-driven experience with a lot of dialogue options. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of player freedom in that respect. Divinity Original Sin 2, which looks like a very complex PC uh, RPG. Yeah. I always wanted to play that. Owlboy, which looks like a fun 2D platformer, uh, kind of a Metroidvania style, if you will. What else? I got Flight of the Falcon, which is a Game Boy Advance game where you, as the name would apply, you got some sand flying the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So when <laughs> Zach and Chronolink were reviewing the Star Wars movies, they talked about obviously the ridiculous scenes in Attack of the Clones, and one of them, of course, being where um, Anakin and Padme, I think, are on uh, Naboo or wherever mm-hmm. they are, and he's talking about how much he doesn't like sand. It's coarse. And rough and it it's irritating or whatever yeah well there was this and we wrapped all of the gifts individually so we got to like the final gift and i'm like shaking it and it sounds like there's sand in it well turns out there actually is when i rip it open there's sand of course thankfully zach said hey open it with this side up so the sand doesn't go everywhere so that's yeah. what i did and in it at the bottom of all this sand was a game boy advance copy in a ziploc bag so it didn't get sand all over it yeah of <laughs> Star Wars Attack of the Clones on the Game Boy Advance, which was also a game that I had on my wish list. But uh, yeah, a nice little dig at the ridiculous movie that is Attack of the Clones. Zach also had a little tin can full of yes. photos. And I had no idea what to expect, so I opened it up. No, so we looked at the bottom. He's like, oh, here's some little magnets. Yeah, there were magnets on the bottom of the tin can. And then I, when I opened it, there were pictures. And so there were five <laughs> pictures of Rose Tika, yes, and five pictures of Raylo activities. So basically, instances where they were talking in close proximity, or the actual kiss between the two. Because one, I was totally fine with that happening in the in the film, and then two, Ryan is madly in love with Rose Tika, yes. specifically Kelly Marie Tran, just, Tran. So yeah, I just want her here with me at all times, and now <laughs> I can have that through picture form. <laughs> That's right. So, so we were dying laughing. I thought it was just an excellent little gag gift by Zach. Well, the the, the first picture was just so intense. I don't. Let's let me Google Rose Tika. Um, I don't know if it's like a headshot or what, but she's supposed to look intense, and it doesn't. Tico, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So we appreciated that quite a bit. Yeah, she's using she's. Um, if you go to Google Images, it's very similar to the first uh, picture up there. Mm-hmm. It's the second line, the second one over. Um, but it's like a yellow background, and she's just trying to look intense from uh, The Last Jedi, and she just doesn't. So, <laughs> it, it's just... Uh, her character. Yeah. Works. So... I thought it was hilarious. Ryan and I loved it. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Alec. We really appreciate everything you sent our way. You can catch that again on YouTube, Tarkaron. I'll throw a link in the description for this show specifically, or I'll post it in the Discord. Regardless, you'll be able to find it, and I really uh, encourage you find people to check out their podcast. But 
Ryan, speaking of Star Wars, yes. some news came out this week that I'm surprised you didn't hear about, but I'm glad you didn't because now I can get your raw reaction here in the podcast. So I think it was like just before Rise of Skywalker came out or maybe just after Kathleen Kennedy Is had, she fired? Gosh, no, I wish. But she had announced that they had found a director for the next few Star Wars movies or at least okay. the next one to come out in 2022 or yeah, 2022, I believe. And that's not necessarily in line with this article here or any of the articles reporting this news because it doesn't say that this person has been locked in. It says that this person's been approached. I don't really know how to pronounce this person's name well. However, Ryan, I will read this article for you. Um, Close this ad. Will the force be strong with this one is the title of the article. Following the recent installment, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which actually just surpassed $1 billion after three weeks... Did you know that Endgame surpassed $1 billion in like five days? Yeah. Yeah. So here we go, Ryan. Uh, Star Wars, the future of it. Here we go. Following the recent installment of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the space fantasy franchise is set to go on pause in terms of theatrical movies. Nice. But that does not mean the process has ground to a halt. Taika Waititi, Ooh. Or Waititi the filmmaker behind Oscar-nominated Jojo Rabbit and Thor Ragnarok, has been approached to develop a Star Wars movie. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. That'd be great. I just feel like we need new life breathed into Star Wars, and I feel like this person would be phenomenal in doing that. Yeah, I mean, he also played the ice guy in Ragnarok. Who was freaking hilarious. Can you imagine if he brought, like, really ridiculous Star Wars characters into that universe, like that ice dude? That'd be amazing. Yeah, and I think most of that movie was ad-lib, too. And they could just, like, flesh out the characters how they wanted it to be, and... Yeah, like that uh, scene with Chris Hemsworth, Loki, and the Hulk, and what's-her-face, Valkyrie. Mm -hmm. And he's just, like, telling a story about when Loki stabbed him when he was, like, pretending to be a snake. Yeah. Like, that was all made up, and apparently that's, like, one of six stories that he made up on the spot. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, you know, people... Say what you will about J.J. Abrams and The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker... And him basically being suffocated by the past movies and trying to have so many nostalgic nods to the original trilogy, the prequels, and what have you, I feel like Taika, how you pronounce his name, yep. would just really breathe new life into Star Wars. and would He'd bring such a great sense of humor because Thor Ragnarok was freaking hilarious. Yeah. And if he brought that to a, a new Star Wars movie, it would just be so great. Is that one movie or a trilogy? Well, we don't even know if he's going to direct the movie yet. Mm-hmm. That he's just been approached about probably but, his before interest Ragnarok, in Ragnarok, all he did was indie films. Mm-hmm. And he's just like put something together, like pictures and stuff to make like a plot. And that was his first, like Ragnarok was huge. And mm-hmm. It did so well. I wonder what Ragnarok's rated uh, Rotten Tomatoes wise. But um, yeah, that's a hell of a start to a, I guess, major picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm all... For this, I think it'd be really great if he helmed the next Star Wars movie. It'd be interesting too to see who he would cast. Like if he'd actually go after Chris Hemsworth or something like that. Um, Bring in Marvel as well. Just because he's worked with him, I don't know. But I'd really like, similar to what they did with the Force Awakens, have a very original cast that really, like those movies set Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, not necessarily on the map. Like they really put them in the the the. Well, Isaac was already on the map for. Ex Machina. Yeah, so that's my point. Like he's already been in, in films. Even Hux was in that one. 
Hux was the other one. Well, he was also the oldest brother in um, Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Bill, I think. Bill Weasley. The one with dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bob no, I, I feel like I would really love for him to get like a very low-key cast, people, actors and actresses that we haven't really seen before, but still deliver a movie at, you know, like uh, Thor Ragnarok. That's just... That'd be great. Hilarious. Yeah. Great story. I don't know. Thor got a uh, 93 from critics, which doesn't really matter. And then the audience score was the 8, or 87. Nice. Which I'd give that movie a 9, easy. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Good stuff. Well, yeah, I wanted to bring that up because we love Star Wars. Most of our listeners, I think, like Star Wars. And yeah, I mean, that's potentially the future of Star Wars. Yeah, that'd be great. Hopefully he does a trilogy, um, so it's cohesive. They learn from these last three movies which made that mistake. Well, and that, I think, so that's the biggest thing. I don't really care who the director is. If Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger have the director on a leash and don't let them have the freedom to create what they want to create, then it doesn't really matter who's at the forefront of Star Wars because Kathleen Kennedy is preventing it from being what they envision it to be. Yeah, I mean, I think they did that for The Mandalorian and it turned out really well. Yeah, did I we mean... Did we ever talk about how The Mandalorian ended? No, we didn't. We can maybe do that in the back of the show. Okay. But... Uh, yeah, it was a lot. That was a ton of fun. Baby Yoda broke the internet mm-hmm. more than uh, Kim Kardashian's ass with a glass on it. That was a thing? That was a thing. Yikes. That broke the internet for a while. Um, yeah, I, I hope that they've learned from their mistakes and yeah. Me too. I hope it turns out well. I, I'm kind of OD'd from everything for Marvel and Star Wars wise. Yeah, if what's we his give face? it three years for a new Star Wars, that would be, I'd be cool with that. Yeah, Brian, my coworker, he's like, "Hey, did you see the new Black Widow trailer?" And I was like, "Nah, man, like, I'm, I'm good. I saw the first one; it looks good, but I don't need to see that for like a long time." Like, yeah, I don't There's know. There's a new that Spider-Man one with Jared Leto, Mobius or Morbius. Yeah, like um, vampire Dracula guy. It looks like entertaining, but it's not again getting me really excited and anticipating running to the next, the nearest theater to see it. Until the next, I don't even know the new lineup. I'll probably just watch them on Disney Plus. Yeah, I agree. One because ticket sales are like twelve dollars a movie. Mm-hmm. But you have to pick yeah. and choose nowadays. Ryan, the other piece of news Times that I want rough. <laughs> yeah, the other I piece of news. Buying blue Yetis. Yes. You buying, you buying blue yet? I buy everything for this podcast. Anyways, there was one other piece of news that I wanted to get to in the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate new character announcement. Yes. I don't know who this character is, and frankly, I don't really care. I mean, it's Byleth from Fire Emblem. The internet erupted as a result of this announcement because all of the entitled little children fanboys <laughs> felt that they were deserving of someone better that wasn't already well populated in the roster for Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. I was actually at an all-day training, and I just, my phone exploded in messages from Alec saying, he was kind of just ranting about this character announcement. Not because he was mad about it, mm-hmm. he was frustrated with the fan base being so entitled that they are, that they were saying, like, this is unfair, we deserve better. People, we live in a world... We got Super Smash Bros. Ultimate that has not only characters like Mega Man, Cloud from Final Fantasy VII, Bayonetta, Pac-Man, Banjo-Kazooie, King K. Rool. Like, it is insanity 
the diversity of a roster that we have in that game that originally was like, what, 10 characters in the original N64 game? I don't even know how many characters. Over 70 or something stupid like that? Yeah, I mean, I was fine with the base roster even without DLC. Me too. DLC is just... Icing on the cake. And, yeah, above and beyond. I don't care if, what the characters are. I'm sure... I mean, I would love a bunch of random characters, and I'm sure everyone on the internet who are angry would, but it's a new character, new moves. Like, Hero was an interesting... Or the Persona guy. Yeah, someone from Persona, uh, Persona 5. We've got... The Dragon Quest hero that covers or spans a number of different Dragon Quest games. I mean, I can keep going on and on. Snake from Metal Gear Solid? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. These these franchises that were specific to a one console back in the day. Metal Gear Solid came out on the PlayStation 1. Did not come out on Nintendo consoles. Never graced the systems until much later on, I think, the GameCube. Or if you consider the Game Boy Color. To get those characters represented in a Super Smash Bros. game is unprecedented in fighting games. Yeah. You just don't see it anywhere else. And so for people to complain about this is just ridiculous. Like, get off your soapboxes and enjoy the game that Sakurai... Like, this is his his baby. And the last thing that I think it was Iwata said to Sakurai was just, like, create the ultimate Super Smash Brothers game. Like, if you're going to do one thing for me, um, just create the ultimate Smash Brothers Fire game. Fire Emblem is a Nintendo IP, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not really surprised. I mean, Dragon Quest is... Nintendo. Persona, I think, is everything, right? Yeah, but that originally only came out, well, I don't know, like Super Famicom. It, yeah, it was all over the place, but but yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, they're going back to, here's a new uh, Nintendo character. Mm-hmm. I like all of those characters, the Fire Emblems. I'm a sword guy. I like Marth and Lucina. Me too. Like Ike and Roy. Um, so another one's fun. There's a few other ones... Um, like that one girl who like stabs with a pike, which I she's pretty good. I mean, they're all really good characters, but it just I don't know. It's above and beyond what the original game was. And if you don't want the character, don't buy it. It's five bucks. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, it, you I don't have to with, get it. Yeah, eighty-five characters or whatever we got. And I think we're still gonna get six more. I mean, I would be fine if they just keep adding characters and stages. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll buy them all, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to happen. Well, I mean, like we were talking in the chat between uh, Alec, Zach, and myself, there's never going to be a character that's going to please everyone. People in Japan probably didn't give give a crap about Banjo-Kazooie. No. What's his face from, um, not Street Fighter, but like Terry Bogard? Is he in there now? Yeah, I forget what franchise he's from. Not Street Fighter, what the heck is he from? Kraken or Tekken? No, not Tekken. Kraken. <laughs> Terry. A giant sea creature in his off time. Bogard. What is he from? Terry Bogard. Fatal Fury. King, okay. King of Fighters. It's a, it's a fighting franchise from SNK. But yeah, I I didn't care that he was in the game. Yeah. But I didn't mind. I'm like, okay, I'm happy for the fans that did get him. Cool. I'll play him when he randomly pops up when we're playing random characters. Yeah. It's that's just, I don't know. I just think it just adds to the fun of it. People freaking out need to just calm down. Yeah. But you'll have that. Anyways, Ryan, that's really all I had for news. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are complaining about Pokemon, but they're willing to accept paying for new characters in Smash. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's just DLC. There's DLC for Skyrim or other games. It's, I mean, 
it might not be what you want. It's not horse armor bad from Oblivion. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it should be a good time. I mean, Smash is always a lot of fun regardless of the new characters, so. Yeah, Just don't play as him. That seems like a good countermeasure. Well, there are actually some new skins as well for the Mii Fighters. I think Ooh. you have Cuphead, Altair from Assassin's Creed, and one or two other ones. That's cool. So, I, I think that's pretty neat, because even if we don't get like an Altair or a character from Cuphead, to have those skins on the, the Mii Fighters, I think is pretty neat. Yeah, I don't know how Assassin's Creed guy would work. He, I'm sure he'd play similar to Snake. I was about to say, I mean, for Snake to be in the game... I mean, Snake's top tier. Yeah. Snake was my main in Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Really? Oh, yeah. I loved using him. Uh, I never got used to him. Like, his little grenades and rocket launchers and things. Um, but, yeah, I was playing... I'm thinking of doing another Smash Night. That'd be great. February. Yeah. Or March. So That'd be good times. I'll send you a spreadsheet on dates. Thanks, bro. See you when little you're Outlook playing. invite. <laughs> Eventually. Before we get into the games we've been playing recently, Ryan... Something of note here. Yes. I pulled up the Otaku Brothers podcast at gmail.com email, and we got a new email from podcast sponsorship, or no, so the, the subject header is podcast sponsorship opportunities, podcorn sponsorships. They say, hi, Otaku Brothers team. We think your podcast would be a great fit for the advertisers on podcorn. What's podcorn, you ask? We exist solely to help podcasts like yours monetize. No minimum download constraints, no long-term commitments, no exclusivity. Podcorn is a venture-based or venture-backed marketplace that connects podcasters of all size with relevant brand sponsors to make more money through native sponsorships such as host, read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. For more information, if you and if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Find out more at Pornhub.com. So, yeah, we're now sponsored by Pornhub. <laughs> uh, just so you guys didn't know, we took that deal. Po- uh, Podcorn? I've never even heard of that. This sounds... We'll have to do our research. A little fishy. I mean, we originally did this for us to just talk about shit. Yeah. Not to be sponsored or whatever. But it reminds me of... So I watched this YouTuber. His name is Mista, M-I-S-T-A, G-G. And he does a lot of commentaries on, like, scary movies and just how stupid they are. And then he also watches To Catch a Pedophile with Chris Hansen and just commentates. Okay. But he got... And they're hilarious. Like, generally, I don't laugh out loud unless I'm, like, laughing at myself making stupid jokes. Lauren's the same way. Yeah. So, pretty lame. But he did... He got sponsored by Fleshlight. Yikes. (laughs) Which is a male sex toy. Uh company i guess and he had like a like a five to ten minute like commercial on like because they shipped him a huge giant box of stuff okay and he was just making jokes it was hilarious so if we can get sponsored by fleshlight let's do it yes no talk your brush (laughs) (laughs) we're not we're not going there folks i promise yeah and i don't really foresee us doing any kind of sponsorship thing in the near future. But we'll see. Yeah. Never Unless we question. get on the Joe Rogan podcast. Then we will definitely get yeah, sponsored. Yeah, we'll be sponsored. By Fear Factor. All right, Ryan, why don't we get into the games we've been playing recently? I seriously don't think we've talked about this for at least two or three weeks. Yeah, so what have I been playing? Well, I just talked about uh, Powerpuff Girls. And Mega Man. And Mega Man, which was this week. And then I also played, obviously, 
some wonder trading in Pokemon. I ended up going through the entire decks of what I don't have Mm -hmm. yet. And I got like 16 of them. New uh, shinies this week. So I'm up to... I put everything away this morning. 494 unique shiny Pokemon. How many? 494. Yikes. So like close to 70% done. Wow. So getting up there. Mm -hmm. So my process... Uh, is every time I get a shiny Pokemon, I put in the Pokebank in like a separate box, and then I go back through before I actually put it away into where it actually fits in the Pokedex mm-hmm. and change my Ruby version Pokedex to its shiny version. Okay. So if you go through my Pokedex in Ruby version, you'll see most of them are shiny now, like six, 70%. Nice. Yeah, so it just looks cool going through and seeing like a, a orange Metapod or a purple vaporeon or or, uh, most of the blue guys are purple but Mm -hmm. yeah like mudkip's purple Mm -hmm. swamp earth purple so up to 127 out of 151 original that's awesome so over 80 percent and then over 70 percent of the full decks so i'm getting there and then news for that uh oslov one of the huge youtubers who sends out shiny hacked pokemon on twitch on twitch uh got banned from twitch yeah so that's sad news i go through a different person mm-hmm. uh iskeen you have a different source for yeah. your drugs <laughs> exactly <laughs> um he's still alive and well so i'm still getting the hacked pokemon yeah and all that stuff is going to be shut down eventually though. oh it will and it popped up while I was wonder trading hacked Pokemon, looking for probably hacked shiny Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And because I follow one of these guys who does competitive VGC Pokemon battling. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he was basically like, good for him. Like, he's just ruining the community and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that's like the most elitist, like, it's fucking Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, who he- cares? Like, I want a colorful version that's not the original colorful for my own goals, I don't care about competitive. Like, obviously, these packed Pokemon are not gonna fit in the competitive scene. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like but they you have can to. From them. Yeah, but I mean, before you go to compete nationally or whatever, wouldn't you have to have your your six Pokemon and like inspected to make sure they're not hacked? Yeah, and I mean, this could be a bounding board of you get the base. Uh, six IVs and hidden abilities and stuff off of these hacked Pokemon, mm-hmm. but you breed your own. Okay. So that's that's fine, but I don't know. I don't really care. Yeah, it's whatever. My goal is just to complete the shiny Pokedex. See, if if I ever was going to do this, something that, you know, borderline, you'd probably have to diagnose me for being insane. I'd want to just get the 151 shiny. Yeah, I, I'm trying for that. That's my... If anything, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few Pokemon which are going to be very hard because like Seal and Dugong, their shinies are basically the same color as their white base form. Okay. Um, I have the ones, so like there's a few Pokemon when you trade them, they turn into a different Pokemon. Uh, Electabuzz is the one I'm having a hard time get getting because he generally, when you trade him, turns into Electrovire. Uh, it's a newer evolution, and I've gotten Electrobuzz shiny two times so far in a okay. trade. But because of the certain conditions that are met, he always evolves. So I don't have a shiny version of him, 
and it's freaking driving me insane because I've literally got him. And I was like, yes, I got him. Fist raised, screamed. Mm-hmm. And then I see the like, I look at my thing and I'm like, where did he go? And I'd walked away from my thing just like jumping around in happiness. And he evolved? Yeah, he evolved. Well, can you press B to prevent Not him from evolving? Not for trading Pokemon, no. Really? Yeah. So there's like Phantom. There's a few in the very bottom of the Pokedex, like, 720 area yeah um that are a few trader guys and i have their first evolutions because some people trade it with a everstone so it doesn't trade okay so i have most of those i see a um yeah electrobuzz the seal and dugong are going to be the hardest for the first i've never seen a scyther shiny either Mm -hmm. in my five-year commitment to this game (laughs) yeah but yeah, I'll get there eventually. Okay. It, it's kind of it's the same thing with your collectathons. It's just a different. Level. Except ukulele didn't take me nine hundred and seventy-five hours to complete. The second one would if you beat the final level. <laughs> yeah, it would take me like a thousand hours to beat. So yeah, that that's. I made a lot of progress. I just put away thirty plus Pokemon, so that's a huge mm-hmm. uh, step in the right direction. Um, we started. Uh, not Dragon Quest. Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, yes. remastered edition on the PS4. So you you started that before me, and then I started it. You're a lot further. Um, we talked about the beginning of the game where your mom, you go out and you're trying to drive a car. Yeah, you have this older friend of yours that has a little go-kart thing that he built himself. And so he wants the main character, the main protagonist, Oliver, to meet him um, near this pond or this river to kind of test drive it. Yeah. And when you do that, spoilers for Nino Kuni, it came out nine years ago. So, you know, if you haven't played it at this point, I'm sorry. This is the first 10 minutes in the game. Um, but yeah, so once you ride this cart, it goes, like the wheel breaks off and you go into the river. Oliver's drowning. His friend's spazzing out and doesn't really know what to do. Well, his mom wakes up and is like, you know, running around the house. Where's my son? She ends up walking down the street, sees her son drowning, jumps in and saves him. All the townspeople come to witness this. And then after she saves you, she kind of just keels over and has a heart attack. And then the next scene is Oliver in the hospital with his mom. She's kind of taking her last breaths and says, Oliver, like, be the good boy. I know you'll be type of thing. And then it's pretty much like a Padme, like you die of a broken heart, except her son is alive and she shouldn't have a broken heart. I think she's they're like, she had a weak heart. It's like. She probably should have gotten that medical condition checked out a little bit earlier than certain death, suddenly. Probably. So then Oliver has this little doll called Drippy, or Mr. Drippy, who his mom actually sewed together and gave it to him when he was like a young boy. You were in the room when I, that had, like, yeah, it was a stuffed animal that turned into this, like, fairy thing. Yeah, King of the Fairies. Oh, you're still crying about your mom who died three days ago? He's like, sack it up and don't be a bitch. <laughs> and it's like, holy crap. All right. In this, like, what, Irish accent? Yeah, he's like a little like Irish or Scottish accent. Uh, yeah. But yeah, basically, says, Oliver, suck it up. Let's go to this alternative dimension world where we can potentially save your mom because everyone in this spirit realm has basically uh, an equivalent spirit from the, the real world that yeah, Oliver's have you, from. If you've seen the movie Us... It's a very similar concept. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Except they're not. They out, don't try out to, to murder you, you and wear red, kill and like you, have knives and stuff. Yeah. Yet, 
That's right. It could take a plot twist. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, from your brief impressions, what, what are you thinking? It was a lot of fun. It's a lot different than the second game. Mm-hmm. You kind of collect Pokemon-esque. They're called um, familiars. Yeah, familiars. And then they go out and battle for you. You can evolve them with stones. Um, there's three forms to each guy. That kind of stuff stresses me out as a mechanic, generally. Um, I don't know why. It just... When I see that many guys, I need to collect them all. And I, that, I think it's probably Ben's fault from Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a fun game and training and uh, just evolving guys and leveling up. There's a lot of fun grinding in there. There is. It is a weird mechanic in the sense that, yes, you don't get to a certain level and then they just naturally evolve. I think it's 20. They get to a certain level and then it prompts you to say, hey, if you have the right stone for this particular elemental Pokemon or elemental familiar, you can use the stone and evolve them. Then all of their stats reset. You go back to level one, except each time you level up now, your stats increase exponentially faster than they did previously. Yeah. I so mean- it, it sucks because like when you're towards, like if you're grinding out a dungeon to get to this boss at the end of the dungeon and you're able to evolve your familiar, you evolve him, and then you get to the boss, and your familiar is a little scrub, and just you get your ass handed to you with this boss. It's not like, oh, my Charmeleon's now a Charizard. All of his stats just increased 35%. He's now a boss, and I'm going to just crush these people. It's like, oh, they go back to square one now, and now I have to go grind for another 30 minutes to an hour for him to get brought back up to speed yeah and he might not be the same or the right familiar so you're gonna have to go find that correct familiar after you get to the ability where you can like go out and if they want to be loved you can love them and then you capture them yeah so you eventually meet this young girl who can cast this spell to sings or harps them to yeah so she essentially plays a little harp tune that's the equivalent of throwing a pokeball and they fall in love with you, and then you capture them, if you will. Yeah, there's a lot of quick key presses to get them. Yeah, because I'm always... So eventually you have three different party members, and each of those party members have their own familiars, and so you have to press the L1 button to switch to her, and then cast this spell. So yeah, there are three to four button click uh, presses that you have to use. As this timer on this Pokemon, on this familiar, potential familiar is like quickly going depleting so yeah you and have only a few seconds to i had to one then i was like oh yeah i got to. and then you have to tell your familiars not like you have to stop your attack if you're in the middle of attack because one was like i can love you too and then i killed it and i was yeah. just like oh all right and then i stopped the attack go out go to her go to her harp and then i was like one little digit away from like them hating me mm-hmm. or like not proclaiming their love. So, I, I got one guy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a good game. It's very JRPG. Um, I was thrown off that there was like a a plot line about some dad who works as... Whose name was Rusty. Who, who was like beating like, his wife. Yeah, he like- beat his wife and daughter and like <laughs> p- locks her in a room and to- like told her that if she goes outside, she'll die. <laughs> <laughs> what was the mechanic dad's name? rusty yeah yeah it was very fitting you took a picture of it right yeah i did and i was like well all right let's go beat rusty's demon up in his garage 
Because he like turns around and he's like just possessed. He is these that purple was a hard eyes. Fight. Yeah, because I'm playing on normal, probably. Normal. Yeah, it's not terribly difficult, um, but that fight was rough. Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying the game. I'm about 30 hours in. I just got to this point in the game where, as JRPGs do, you get this master wand that you need to defeat the final enemy. And then you find out from the characters, oh no, I'm sorry, you can't actually activate the wand. You need these three little beads to actually activate the wand's full power. And of course, they're on three different sections of the map. So you have to go beat three different bosses and three different giant sections of the world to explore and grind out. So I'm like, okay, so there's another 20 hours of gameplay they just artificially pumped into this game. (laughs) Which, again, I've talked about this a number of times. Like, if I played this game... Back in 2011, I would have been all for this, but I'm at the 30-hour mark, and I'm kind of like, it's a beautiful game, really lush, beautiful art environments in HD. I mean, even in 2011, if I would have played this on the PS3 graphically, it would have looked phenomenal, and it even looks that much better now on PS4, but I'm just, I don't have that JRPG stamina to sit there for 80 hours and play this game. Now, granted, this is probably about a 50-hour game. Um, you can probably beat it in about 50 hours, but... I don't know. I'll get there. I'll finish it. Yeah, JRPGs are really rough. I mean, it's a hell of a commitment. Yeah. Um, for just... If you're working, like, long hours, or if you have a short attention span, it's hard to grind that much. And mm-hmm. this is a grind-heavy game to get the right set of Pokemon or familiars. Because that's, that's the thing, too. Like, you can't just span the X button with the same familiar over and over again because you'll get to some familiars, to your point, that have certain elemental weaknesses. So if you're using, for example, to use a a Pokemon reference, a fire Pokemon against a fire Pokemon, you're going to have to span the X button for a lot longer than you would have if you had like a Squirtle to, you know, Well, they have four elements. It's like sun, moon, and two other elements, but they never clearly explain. Which ones are weak and which ones are strong against each other? Yeah, they're just like... Hey, there's four elements. Go free. Yeah. And it's like, what? Show me, like, show me some type of square or whatever that shows what's weak to what and what's strong versus what. Yeah, it's really interesting that people said that this, they just said Nino Kuni 2 was god awful. No one should buy it. If you played the second or the first one first, it doesn't hold a candle to it. And I'm kind of like almost in the opposite camp right now. Because the stories are what they are. I mean, I would say the first 10 hours to Nino Kuni, it's very story focused. The Studio Ghibli cutscenes are beautifully done, and it really feels like you're playing in a Studio Ghibli film. Yeah. Really, really nice. But after that, that's when, again, a lot more of the grind heavy segments come into play in the game, and a lot of the JRPG nuances. But Nino Kuni 2, I don't know, I loved the town building system. I preferred the action RPG combat where you found an enemy on the map and you had your various swords and magical abilities that you could just crush the enemies on the field. This one, there's just a whole lot of management with the familiars. You know, I mean, you, you chuck your little familiar out there, he's fighting with a sword or whatever, then you can use magical attacks. But I don't know, I just don't feel as immersed as I did in the second game. Yeah, I think that maybe the tediousness of when you evolve some or having that many options. 
Like it, it's cool with so many options for like a specific sword or a specific wand or whatever the mm-hmm. hell was in the second one. But with there's so many options of creatures you can catch, having to basically either research online or catch them all to understand which ones are the best to prepare your team and then having them de-level when you evolve them as like a penalty. Yeah. Um, and then you're basically under-leveled and under-prepared for whatever battle you're going into. Um, it's very tedious. I, I just like the straight grind of like, hey, I'm level 20. I can probably go up against level 20 to 25 people. Mm-hmm. If I grind more, get to level 30, I could stomp this entire half the map. Yeah. Or if I go to this level 60 place, probably should be level 55 or above. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's it's more simplistic. And then the town building was a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, I loved it. Um, so. Yeah, so it's, it's tough for me to say which one's the better game. And it's purely subjective, whether or not you like the first or the second game more. I think right now, being 30 hours into the first game, having pumped 60 plus hours into the second game, I think... I, I think I'm I'm leaning more towards the second game being my yeah. favorite. It'll be interesting to see how the next 20 hours of the first game go before I can where my opinion will fall on the game. You know, after I end up finishing it. But right now, I would say I enjoyed the second one quite a bit more. Yeah, but it's cool to see in the first one, like the prequel kind of. You seeing you see Ding Dong Dell mm-hmm. again. You get to see the Cat King. Mm-hmm. Um, because the premise of the second one was there's a rat guy who doesn't like the cats. And like in this one, it references like, oh, yeah, the rats are in the set, the sewer. And then you fight it like a, a rat mage. But in the second one, the rats take over and betray the like, cat king. These sound so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, and you're in the same city, so you get to see... I think it's slightly different layout, but... It's nostalgic in reverse order. Yeah, I would agree. And one thing that I always talk about in video games, JRPG specifically, is the music in Nino Kuni 1 does not disappoint at all. Plenty of memorable tunes. The one, I mean, there's a couple different tracks that have to be really, really well done in JRPGs. One being the battle music, which I would say in this, it's fine. But also the overworld music. So when you're traversing this world either in ship you're just walking, or eventually you get a dragon that you can fly and get to areas a lot quicker. You have the dragon? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, So the world map music I do want to play for all you fine people. So here it is. Yeah, so I just love that transition to it's like this crazy large like trumpets and then it calms down. It's like this peaceful little melodic, you know, tune as you're traversing this pretty large open world, I would yeah. say. No, it fits the kind of aesthetic of the world. Very mm-hmm. happy music. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. Again, we'll see where it falls uh, with two as I play more of it, but... I played a lot of games since the last time we talked about games I'm playing recently. So one, two, three, four, five, six different games. I'm not going to go into. Um, 
I'm, I'm not going to go talk about these games at length, but I will kind of rattle them off here. So Pokemon, you were talking about um, catching more shinies in Ruby. I actually ended up finishing Pokemon Shield. Yeah, you did. I really enjoyed my time with it as I revisited it or got back to playing it and, you know, playing. I ended up putting, I don't know, 30 hours, 35 hours into it before finishing the game. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. However, I feel like the last four to five gems, which there's only eight, but I feel like the last at least four gems was super rushed. I think I beat three gems in a matter of 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you the first maybe three, so I can't remember. There's water, fire, and... Maybe grass. Grass. Grass the first, then f- water, then fire, something like that. And then the fourth through the eighth are boom, boom, boom. You like yeah, walk I mean, through a forest to get to the fourth, and then you do back-to-back all f- the rest. Yeah, I was like, wait, these are the actual gym battles? Like, there's no caves or routes that I have to... So go through to get to these guys like it just kind of felt like it was a hop skip and a jump to each one and I just felt like back in the olden days of Pokemon you had these long routes you'd get lost in caves you'd go into areas you probably shouldn't have gone you got lost like you just were started backtracking like hey I'm going in circles where the heck am I supposed to go while I appreciate the streamlining of the experience as it relates to Pokemon leveling up I'm not sure I appreciate the streamlining in how quickly you're going through each of the gyms. Yeah, or forced XP share. Yeah, I mean, if you want to turn that off, that would be nice. I just like the toggle ability. Mm -hmm. Like every game that's used it before. But yeah, the the pacing of it was just felt really rushed, and I don't know, it was front-loaded with all this great kind of, I wouldn't say great story exposition, but Hop hop wouldn't shut up. Yeah. Twice a route. Depending, yeah, like on the rock where you saw the like statues that were being defaced by Elephant Guy, mm-hmm. who became a fairy. Uh, again, JRPG. Um, yeah, Hop talked to you like three or four times. Yeah, he wouldn't shut up, and he's just such a scrub, man. He just pisses me off to no end. He's just your disappointment to your family, Hop. Yeah, he just has his derpy little smile. He sucks as a Pokemon trainer. He, they even go up and like I'm sad because Fairy Boy told me that I'm bad or won't amount to anything. And there's like a point in the story where the like the entire premise was him being depressed because he sucks ass. <laughs> he was so I, bad. Actually, speaking of sucking ass. Oh boy. I, w- <laughs> I was walking, so I go running in the morning at like nine. Mm-hmm. And I came back and there's like two, I don't know, representatives for a, a supplier in our lobby talking to the front desk guy. And all I hear as I scan in my badge and like walk in was like, yeah, and it totally sucked ass. And it, it just, like, I started cracking up to myself because it was, like, maybe a 50 or 60-year-old man in, like, a nice suit. Wow. And tie and everything. Just saying it's something sucked ass. And Keeping like, it classy. Like, that sounds like such a kid thing to say. Like Very suck- juvenile. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't expect some, like, VP of a company talking yeah, about Yeah, it was probably, ass. like, a director or whatever, but... You think general swears, like, ass, or, like, that sucked, or, like, oh, shit. Yeah. But, like, you don't... Sucking ass. <laughs> that, he probably picked it up from one of his kids. You don't say that in a public setting, specifically in a professional environment. Yeah, where you're asking for money in business. Yeah. But it just... It made me laugh. Okay. Back from sucking ass. What, what was your Pokemon? Yeah, so I really loved it. The music especially, like, one moment... is one of the most eclectic 
varied Pokemon soundtracks, at least that I can remember in a very long time. I mean, one moment you're listening to a very jazzy rendition of a classic Pokemon song. Mm -hmm. The next, I think it's like Route 7 through 9, you have this almost Celtic folk rock kind of music. Yeah. It just felt like I was walking through Ireland or something like that. Really catchy music. The story was whatever the heck. I don't even know what was going on by the end of the game. Well, I was surprised how few routes there were. Um, kind of like what you're saying earlier. Nine routes was, was like, like basically the end of the game. It was like ten. I think there are ten routes. That seems so low. Like I was honestly waiting at one point in the game because if you press start and then the whatever, the like little plus button, you can get to the map feature. And I'm hovering over the map and looking at it. I'm like, okay, so here's zone one, right? Eventually, this cloud of smoke is going to lift and there's going to be like zone two, three, and maybe four. It's like, no, that, that, that's it. What you see is what you get. Like, that's the entirety of the map. I was like, I don't know. I was kind of just perplexed. Like, what? Yeah. It just they, seems they so small. Giant, uh, like the open areas or the fields. Mm-hmm. And I almost would have not, I would rather not have those. Because there's two of them, I think. Yep, I think there's two. I'd almost not ha- rather have those and go back to routes, so you could tell a cohesive story about. And because you can't tell story in this giant open thing, mm-hmm. and like Dynamax is just filling up a those. I get the stadium and all that, but I don't know. I, I mean, much, I thought the wild areas were fine, but if I had to choose between that and fleshing out the routes, adding a couple like dungeons and cave type areas. And just exploring the map a little bit more, I would probably choose that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really like the the wild area idea because you can literally spend like an hour there and run into like 15 different Pokemon. And I love that because previously on the routes, you find like a Rattata, a Caterpie, and a Metapod, and that's it. So, or a Pidgey. So it kind of gets old and stale rather quick. But in these wild areas, yeah, there's like 10 to 15 Pokemon roaming around at any given time. That adds a lot of you know variety, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. But if that's going to strip away, you know, I don't know, expanding the map a bit, uh, it's tough. It's tough. But overall, it was a really good game. It's a great Pokemon console experience, and I can't complain all that much because we are going to get DLC. We are going to get two more. I guess when I was talking about zones, like this is Zone One, Two, and Three. I guess we're getting two more zones, if you will. Two completely new areas that we're going to get to explore, which is nice. I'm excited about that. However, I just wish the base game would have been a little bit bigger or fleshed out, if yeah. you will. I completely agree. But I will say my, my opinions on the game have, have changed significantly for the positive. That's good. Did you so. end up seeing the scene where Hop just chucks a ball in the dude? That face? was amazing because when I caught the... The legendary that didn't happen and i'm like oh maybe it's only in the sword version yeah but then eventually you go on this crazy rat race to get the the legendary pokemon you chase these two weirdo looking dudes that have hairdo in the shape of a sword and a shield yeah once you chase them through each of the different gyms that's not good that was not good at all ryan but here we are yeah all right so i tried to look up a pokemon electric kid because i you were talking about Pokemon and like chucking balls and stuff, and then I was like, "Oh, Electrobuzz! Oh shit! They gave Electra hit Electrobuzz a pre-evolution Electrokid, Electrokid, I think." Yeah, and I'm like, "If I get Electrokid, I can get Electrobuzz. Then I don't have to breed out a million eggs mm-hmm. to get Electrokid." 
And I looked him up, and I was on Bulbapedia, and then it was like, you're on a bad site. And I was like, <laughs> dude, I'm not looking at porn. Like, it's, it's not child porn for looking at Electric Kid. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it just started buzzing, like I was being, uh, I don't know, hacked. Yeah. So, anyway, Sword and Shield. Yes. With Sword and Shield hair. So... At the very tail end of the game, after you were able to capture the legendary Pokemon, either Sword or Shield, whichever version you have, you go back to the forest from the beginning of the game, and Hop is there, and he decides, oh, maybe I should just catch the other uh, legendary Pokemon. You're like, sure, why not? Well, it's standing maybe two feet away from him, (laughs) and he just casually turns around and does a wind-up professional... Major League Baseball pitching throw for his Pokeball right at the Pokemon's face. <laughs> right to his face. Did you laugh out loud? When yeah, you saw I was it? like, "What did I just watch?" <laughs> I was losing my shit when I saw that. Like, at least take a couple steps back into yeah, the Pokeball. Like, just chuck it nicely, because he's like, "Yeah, I'll be your friend." And then you blast him in the face <laughs> of the Pokeball. You wonder why Peta's coming after Pokemon and trying to shut it down, yeah, man. It's ridiculous. That was wild. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's just, yeah, hop this derpy kid in a forest and chucking the ball at the legendary. It's hilarious. Yeah, that was, yeah, ridiculous. But, yeah, overall, really enjoyed my time with Pokemon. I was... I was going back and catching, you know, some of the different Pokemon in the open worlds. It's interesting, though, at the end of the game, when you go back to the earlier areas, the levels scale up to you. To level 60. Which is kind of nice, actually, because I don't want to take my level 65 score bunny to the wild area and try and catch a level three pokemon because you want to get its health down a little bit yeah but now that it's level 60 i can hit it two or three times get his health down and then chuck a pokemon or chuck a pokeball and and get the one thing nice and i don't know if they have this move in there there's a move that you basically it won't kill the pokemon it'll get him down to one hp okay and then you can chuck a ball at it but yeah, you were wonder trading as well a little bit. Yeah, I was doing some surprise trades, but I kind of I had my Pokemon fix, yeah. right? You don't want to overkill Put it. Put 35 hours into it, really good time, and now I can just anticipate playing the DLCs in June and the fall. Nice. So, yeah, I'm good with that. I might I downloaded the demo for the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX or whatever, the remakes of the Rescue Team games from 2006. Haven't played it yet, but I do want to give that a fair shot because I think the full version's coming out in March, and I think that'll just be a fun, mindless, grindy game. Yeah, my coworker did all the things, I think. Mm-hmm. He said it was like 10 hours. The demo? Yeah, okay. something like that. Cool. So, yeah. Some other games that I played quickly, I'll go through these. Fallout 4. Sold on your shelf, and you're like, yeah, you can have this piece of crap. And I surprisingly... So, my history with the Fallout series has not been great. I bought Fallout 3 on the Xbox 360 many, many years ago when it first came out, and I just couldn't get into it. I love my open world RPGs like that, particularly Bethesda games, to be set in a medieval universe with sword and shield and bow and arrow. I'm not very for the musket and pistol and whatever else. That just yeah. I don't really get excited about that type of stuff. However, when I booted up Fallout 4, really kind of nice introduction to the story where This person comes up to your door, you have a wife and child, and basically the person says, hey, would you like to sign up to go to this bomb shelter in the case of a a fallout, a nuclear apocalypse type of thing? And you're like, yeah, sure, we'll do this. 
Well, not 10 minutes later, the news breaks out that there's this nuclear apocalypse going on. So you, your wife, and your your baby run to this fallout shelter. You go down into this facility underground, and you go into these almost frozen carbonite machines, and you're kind of like frozen in time, and you wake up however many years later you don't know, and this person says like, yeah, that's the one we won because your wife was frozen with your child, uh, like right across from you. Well, you wake up, you don't get released from the machine. They take the baby and shoot your wife, kill her. You're of course freaking out, but then you get frozen again. And then you wake up like however many years later with the objective of finding your son in this post-apocalyptic world. Mm -hmm. What I like and what I don't like about Fallout 4. So what I like about the game is I love scavenging this desolate world for resources. That's probably my favorite thing is going into all these different houses, warehouses, wherever you can find buildings that weren't completely demolished from the fallout or the nuclear apocalypse and just finding stuff that you can eventually scrap at merchants and then buy new guns, new weapon out- or new armor outfits or whatever and just doing side missions for the various NPCs that you find littered across the map. Yeah. What I don't like is the challenge of it. Like I'm just finding it to be so difficult where you'll come across these um super mutants. Super mutants that just wreck you. And the problem with these types of games and I experienced it many times in Skyrim and Oblivion as well is you'll get you'll you'll get killed and then to respawn back to your last save. Well, if you're not adamant about saving continuously, yeah. you're going to lose significant progress. And so that happened a number of times. Was just, just That's just what you get with Bethesda games. You just have to know to save um, periodically while playing. But yeah, just the sheer challenge of it can be kind of overwhelming at times. And then the scarcity of ammo, as you would expect in a post-apocalyptic game like that, yeah. that can be tough. But... I and feel your weapon's like always breaking. Yeah, well, I feel like Fallout Four is a lot more pretty, if you will, than Fallout Three. I just felt like Fallout Three was so dark and grimy and gross. Where Fallout Four, the day-night cycle, when it is daytime, I just feel like there's a lot more. The, the environments are much more colorful, which I don't know for me personally lends itself well to wanting to explore the world a lot more. Yeah, but I put about ten to twelve hours into it. I'm not rushing to go back. I, It was a nice Fallout fix, you know? One of the things that I really don't care for at all is the the sim-building aspect of it. So once you get these different outposts, you can actually go into this builder mode and you can kind of construct buildings and rebuild things yeah. based on the, the scrap that you found around the world. However, it's just not very intuitive. Like in The Sims, you have this bird's eye view of the house that you're trying to build. And in this, it's a first person view of your character and you have to walk around this environment and place things. And it just doesn't work well because when you're trying to build the structure of the house and the foundation, everything in the walls, you just can't see very well. Yeah. Like in The Sims, it it's the bird's eye view so you can see everything well. And in this, it just doesn't really work for me. And so... I'm not really doing that at all. I'm kind of just, again, doing side quests and some of the um, story missions. And it's 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 fun, but it's not something that I'm rushing to go back to. But No, I think that was a common complaint. With, was the sim building yeah. crap? Yeah. It's okay, but it's not, I don't know. It's not like uh, Nino Kuni 2 where I'm, I'm getting almost more enjoyment out of that than I am 
the base game, you know? But CFL 4, pretty good times, but nothing that uh, is going to be game of the year, front runner, or anything like that. Did it, I think it was a game of the year. Well, yeah, I mean, for for major publications it was, but for me personally, not having a great love of these games to begin with, it's not really selling me a whole lot. But it it is, I'm enjoying it a lot more than I expected to. That's that's for sure. Uh, The Wolf Among Us. So Telltale is The Walking Dead. They created that, of course. Well, eventually they went on to create a number of other games, one of them being The Wolf Among Us, which casts you as playing Bigby, the Big Bad Wolf. You are a sheriff in this town, all of these murders break out, and you are tasked with trying to figure out what's going on. I'm not going to go into the details of the story, but basically, you and Snow White are trying to figure out who who murdered these these young girls. And you set on these five different chapters, uh, very or five chapters, varying number of episodes for each chapter. Really good times, great storytelling. I love these point and click adventure games. It's such a shame that we're not going to get any more from Telltale, mm-hmm. but the Wolf Among Us, I would say season one. I don't I don't know if we're ever going to get a season two, but season one is definitely worth playing. If you enjoyed the Walking Dead games, I definitely would not overlook The Wolf Among Us. Really good times. Super Lucky's Tale. Yes. I beat that. Yeah, you did. So when I put it down the last time we, I talked about it, I was at this boss that was kind of just frustrating me. I was like, oh, I'll come back to this. Well, I came back to it and it was still frustrating. It took me like two or three attempts to actually finally beat him. And after I beat him, the credits rolled. And I was like, holy crap, the game's over already? Because if I pressed this, the pause button, there were six worlds, mm-hmm. and I was only on the fifth. So when you beat the game, you actually open up this sixth world that it's like, they're basically these, uh, not time trials, but I don't know, your sister, lucky sister kind of comes back and says, oh, we have this extra world for you to explore and whatnot, whatever she ends up saying. Um, but it's like some just additional content that, add some replay value to the game. Nice. But if you're looking for, again, a 3D platformer collect-a-thon in the, in the realm of you know, your Banjo-Kazooie's, Mario 64's, you really need to check out Super Lucky's Tale. It's, it's a really great game. Again, you can get it on Xbox and Switch now. But it's a, it's a very colorful, cutesy little game. Fun music. Very, very easy, but definitely worth playing nonetheless. Yeah, and it's only like 30 bucks, so nothing crazy expensive. Yeah, and on Xbox, you can probably get it for even cheaper. Yeah. The last game I want to talk about, Ryan, is a little indie game. Okay. So there was a holiday sale on PSN store that um, I had purchased a few games back in December, but I wanted to just take one last look a couple nights ago because the 17th was when the sale ended. Mm -hmm. So late Thursday night, I was kind of just scrolling through and trying to find a really cheap indie game similar to um, Old Man's Journey that I played last year. I don't think maybe it was two years ago I played Old Man's Journey I can't remember but anyways I wanted to find a cheap indie game that had a kind of an emotionally compelling story and boy did I find one I downloaded Last Day of June for five bucks and what this game is is a I don't want to say point and click adventure I would say it's an adventure puzzle game very colorful I've never really seen anything artistically like this in video games because the characters are almost mannequins come to life okay the 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 facial animations they don't have eyes or anything like that they kind of just express their emotions through noises there's no dialogue right there's no um that's that's a cool style there's no subtitles or anything so you really don't know what these people are saying it's purely their expressions and the noises they make to convey whatever they're feeling and so about it's about this husband and this wife 
and they go on this date. You find out your wife's pregnant, and they're kind of on this pier, just having this very peaceful moment together. And then they decide, okay, well, we need to go home now. Mm-hmm. And as they're going home, they get into a car accident, and your wife, who's pregnant, ends up dying. You wake up in your house, and you are a paraplegic now. You lost function in your legs, and you hop on this wheelchair, and you're this old man. And you go into this room that has these different paintings. And what the paintings are, are all the different people who witnessed the car crash happen. And in some roundabout way, were involved in causing the car crash. So you have this young boy, this woman that's kind of just in the distance. And what you do is this this old man now, is you go into these paintings and relive the moment of the car crash from their perspective. And you, as the husband, it's almost like Groundhog Day. So you're reliving the same moment from that different character's perspective. And you can change the circumstances of the event so that it doesn't play out because of that character. So I'm not going to go into all the, the scenarios, but the first one that caused the crash was this young boy. He kicks the soccer ball and it goes in the street. So he runs out to grab the soccer ball. The husband, of course, swerves off the road, and that's when the wife dies and he becomes a paraplegic. So in that instance, the young boy, you play out a different scenario where he, instead of a soccer ball, he plays with a kite that day. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't go out in the street. But then someone else causes the car crash. That's cool. So it's really interesting. I don't know how it ends yet, but I have to imagine it's going to be, you're going to have to have the Kleenex, Kleenexes ready because yeah. it's going to be, I'm sure, a tear-jerking uh, finish. But it's just such a unique game and a unique take on, I guess, Groundhog Day, if you will, that if you're if you're a fan of really, I guess if you're a fan of indie games, very artic- artistic, artsy-farty type experiences, this is one I would definitely check out. I had never heard of it prior to this. As far as I'm concerned, it didn't get a lot of um, recognition when it first came out, I think in 2017. But I think you can you can obviously get it on PlayStation 4, maybe PC, Switch, and Xbox. I really don't know. But if you can get it and download it, I would highly encourage you to do so because it's really unlike anything I've ever played before. And that's, again, the last day of June. Yeah, Isn't there a movie similar to that? I don't know. I remember seeing one. But they do a lot of different perspectives of the same event. I know the butterfly effect with Ashen Kutcher. Uh, I don't think it was that. I think it was like a, something exploded. And it has the guy... Oh, well, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Live, die, repeat or whatever. That's another one. There's a million types of movies that play on this this type of thing. What had the guy from uh, Shooter in it? Mark Wahlberg? No, the the little other friend. Like the Filipino guy. I have no idea. And um, I think it had, who's that guy from Rogue One, Star, the Saul Guerrero. Oh. I think he was in it with a video camera. There was like a bomb explosion. Forrest Whitaker or whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. There, again, there's tons of movies that play on this type of scenario where you're reliving the same moment over and over and over again. Um, but I think this is a unique take on it, especially since you're doing everything possible to try and bring your wife back. But, yeah, no, I, that's definitely going to be a sad. Yeah, so once I finish it next week, I will tune back in. I'll probably have to um, put timestamps for spoilers because I think this is one of those games where you want to experience it for yourself, not knowing what's going to happen. But I kind of, again, painted the picture of, of what you can expect in the opening moments and, and the motivations for the character. But I'm looking yeah. forward to finishing it. Yeah, I definitely want to get your perspective on how that ends. Yeah, I will, I guess, tune in next week to figure 
or find out. Oh, yeah. Plug in. <laughs> Let's close out the show, Ryan, with getting into the Discord, getting some listener involvement here. Yeah, so the uh, the movie that I was thinking of was Vantage Point. Oh, yes. 2008. Very it had nice. had the, uh, the father from the parent trap in it. Dennis and, Quaid? Yes. Yeah. And uh, Sal Guerrero. Forrest Whitaker. All right, so if you want to get more involved in the podcast, have your voice heard, you can jump into the Discord. The link is in the show notes. Again, it is a free application, either web-based or on your mobile device. Please get in there on the fun discussions being had. Every Monday or Sunday, depending on when I get around to it, I'm posting a polling question. Could be anything in nature, but this week I decided to ask, what's your favorite generation of Pokemon? And we got nine votes, Ryan. Cool. So, let's see here. What is your favorite generation of Pokemon? Of course, Gen 1 being Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Gen 2 being Gold, Silver, Crystal. 3 being Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. 4, Diamond, Pearl, Platinum. 5, Black and White. 6, X and Y. And 7, Sun and Moon. I guess there's an 8th generation too. And Sword and Shield. So one of the things that Alec Chronolink91 brought up that I didn't include in here because I, th- I just felt it wasn't fair, he said, here's the thing though, each generation includes the remakes, so Heart Gold and Soul Silver is actually part of Gen 4, and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire is actually part of Gen 6. That makes this choice a little harder. And I completely agree with you, I did not include that, I mean, you even also have Fire Red and Leaf Green versions that were part of probably Gen 3 maybe. I didn't want to include those. I just wanted the OG original versions that were released, not including the remasters. Yeah. So with that being said, we had four votes for Pokemon 1, or Pokemon 1, Gen 1, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, two votes for Gen 4, Diamond, Pearl, Platinum, one vote for Gen 2, Pokemon Gold, Silver, Crystal, one vote for Gen 3, Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. That was me. Was it? Yeah. This one's odd. Like, honestly, not a lot of people explained their their answers in the Discord. If you did vote for Gen 5, we got one vote for that, Pokemon Black and White. I'd be curious to know why. I feel like that was one of the generations I just... Well, wasn't that... Uh, I guess, never mind. You... Didn't really care for. You were Diamond, right? Platinum was my... Platinum. Yeah. I didn't vote for Platinum. I voted for Gen 1 just because of the nostalgia of that mm-hmm. game for me. But... Yeah, so we got we did get some listener. I heard black and white were good. I know Rick really liked that one. It was okay. Was that the Tapeg? Uh, was that one Tapeg? Tapeg. Black and Tay-peg. white starter Pokemon. Was that Imperial? Yeah, so it was little Oshawott. Um, was it Snivy? The little Piplup. No, Piplup was like two generations before that. Was it? Yeah. Um. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I like little Tapeg. Became the giant pig. Embor. Embor. Yeah, he was awesome. Anyways, so Frantic... I just got him shiny. Oh, yeah? Frantic of the Frantic Thoughts podcast, Josh says, Gen 1 for me, mostly for nostalgia. I loved yellow so much back in the day and cherish those memories. I agree. Nick Knack, listener of the show, writes into the podcast a lot. He says, I'm not afraid to say I'm what they call a Gen... Gen Honor? Gen owner. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. Obvious reasons are it being the gen I grew up with the most from the anime and me playing and seeing others play Red, Blue, Yellow, and Stadium a whole ton. Despite officially being done with the series once Gen 5 was released, I do have to say that Gen 4 comes in second because they brought new evolutions for past Pokemon and anime-wise. 
Ash's new rival in Gen 4, is one of the most well-crafted characters in the anime. Interesting. I never really watched the anime much after, like, the Orange Islands and yeah. a little bit after that, maybe. Because Orange Islands <clears throat> was, what, Gen 2? Yeah, that's getting into, yeah, Gen 2. Everybody wants to be your master. Everybody, Everybody wants to show their stuff. Ah, oh, dude, it's so catchy. Nothing it's will... It's a whole new world we live in. Ryan, can we just get that right now? Like, let's, like, listen to some of that. Oh, so it's good. It's a whole new place to see. We don't even really need to listen to it. Ryan just sang it for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Such a good song. Well, the, I just remember it was Ash fighting a quagsire with a Pikachu in, was it the Entei movie? I don't know, but you ready for the song? It made me love Quagsire. Okay. He's a like blobby yeah. rock water guy. So you want to be a master of Pokemon? Do you have the skills to be number one? I want to take the ultimate step Find the courage to be bold To risk it all and not forget The lessons that I hold Just picturing the Backstreet Boys like dancing in the background We all live in a Pokemon world I don't think this is it. In a Pokemon. No, that's not the right one. It's not. It's. Shit, what movie was it? It was the Entei movie, I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna find this because everyone needs to listen to this. That really sounded like boys to men. Yeah, that was weird. Didn't it? That was a little strange. Let's see, this is it. It's a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> The skills. Oh, shit, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. You want to keep listening? Yeah. Get there faster. Make their way to the top of the hill. Each time you try, gonna get just a little bit better. Each step you climb, one more step up the ladder. It's a the whole new world we live in. It's a whole, whole new way to see. That was good. That's really good stuff right there. Dude, now I want to watch Pokemon. Yeah. Well, I let you borrow like three or four of the seasons. Oh, that I, I have. know. Yeah. I started the Entei one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, th- those movies are crazy. It was like, yeah, he was looking at a mine and looking at the unknown Pokemon. And then he just got dissolved by them. And then this daughter doesn't have a father or a mother. It's, Yikes. It's like, oh, shit. All right. Cool. Well, Ryan, uh, well, first of all, thank you everyone that wrote in on the Discord. You can also write it into the podcast at Utaki Brothers. Wait, wait, wait. You don't, you're not curious why I like Gen 3? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about it literally every episode yeah. since the conception of this. I am now at 976 hours Yikes. in one game and 250 in the other. I don't know why you keep admitting that. Like, that's whatever. It's a pride thing. Okay. <laughs> if I don't proclaim it, it's a bad thing. Thank you, everyone. I'm a gambler. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If you say it with enthusiasm, it's a good thing. I suppose so. However you justify it, Ryan, is whatever. You know, you yeah, that's a first step. You do Justify, you. accept, and continue said behavior. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's the five-step method. 
Yeah. Or three-step method. Whatever. Thank you for everyone that wrote in on the Discord. Again, you can join that fun by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also write into the podcast at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com if you want to write in a more lengthy question. But I thought for the tail end of the episode, we would do something a little fun. We've done this before where Ryan and I ask each other random questions, but we haven't done that for a while. So I was up late last night watching the Mission Impossible movies, and I just threw a couple questions together for you. Some of them might be repeats that we've done in the past. Yeah, we don't keep track of what we ask. But I do. We do have new listeners, so hopefully this is fresh content for you fine people. The first question I have for you, Ryan, is which Pokemon starter would you choose? Now, you can do one fire, one grass, and one water from each of the different generations. All right? Using... I think, isn't that the only options? That, so, all of them? Yeah, so all of the fire, all the uh, grass, and all the water starters. So, I'm going to name them off real of quick. Okay. You get one of each, right? Fire, you have Charmander, Cyndaquil, Torchic, Chimchar, Taepig, Fennekin, Litten, or Scorbunny. Do you want to choose your fire before Charmander? The- Charmander, okay. There's no other fire, gen- like, well, most of the end generations are fire fighting. Blaziken's really cool. Um, Embor, I feel like he'd be hard to get into places because he's just massive. I like Chimchar quite a bit. And Centaquil Mon- or, Quai- or Typhlosion's amazing. Yeah. I feel like he's basically uh, Scooby except on fire, <laughs> <laughs> which is terrifying. Poor Scooby. Um, I don't know. I feel like, was it Fennekin? The, is that the new one? No, Fennekin was th- like two Score generations Bunny? ago. I feel like Scorbunny turned into a furry. Yeah, it's really kind of pathetic looking. Yeah, it's like, it's supposed to be a soccer player, but like, it's basically if you were to take an English soccer player, give it some ears, and like, have it want to have sex with like an elephant man. Yeah, I don't know if like that's how that works. Furry. <laughs> We're not going to get into furries, but one of the things yeah, I didn't talk yeah. about. Please stop. Me. One, of the, yeah, one of the that's what I that's why I'm here, Ryan, is to stop you from going down the rabbit hole that you yeah you would otherwise go down if I wasn't here to Help. filter you. Yeah. Help. I'm saying things. <laughs> Anyways, one of the things I didn't talk about when I was talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield were the animations for attacks. Pyro Ball specifically with Scorbunny is awesome. It's freaking awesome. You like kick the rock up a few times, and then it turns into this giant ball of fire, and you just kick it at your enemy. Yeah, I mean, each starter had its own unique animation. Um, the green gorilla dude with bongos, mm-hmm. um, he had one with drums. That was sweet. And then, like, did whiplash. And then water guy, he was, like, an assassin. So he had, like, one where he did, like, a little gun sign with his hand and did a he sniper would, like, shot. He would, like, spit water out of his finger. Yeah. I mean, they were all pretty cool. But, yeah, Charizard is awesome. Nothing compares to him in terms of fire starters, at least. Ryan, grass starters, we have Bulbasaur, Chikorita, Trico, Turtwig, Snivy, Chespin, Rowlet, and Grookey. Okay, I was thinking water starters for a second. So you have Bulbasaur. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, he's adorable in his first evolution, but his last is not. He looks like a strung out, nasty lizard on crack when he becomes Venusaur. Yeah. Bayleaf is cool. Um, or uh, whatever his third evolution. I love Grookey's final form in Sword and Shield. I think he just looks awesome. Yeah. he. I'm also not a fan of Pokemon that have an object. Like, he has to carry around a bongo. Mm, and it's yeah. not, like, part of him. Yeah. But it, I get why that he has it. 
Um, like it makes more f- sense with like a far fetch where he just has a stick. Yeah. Opposed to like carrying around a giant drum to like use his attacks. Okay, that's fair. Um, I say, can you go through them again? Yeah. So we have Bulbasaur, Chikorita, okay, Trico, Turtwig, Snivy, Chespin, Rowlet, and Grookey. I'd probably go with Trico. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you're you love the. Yeah, I think Ruby I started Sapphire. with Trico in my original. She might have done Blaziken. Um, yeah, I, I like Skeptile. Skeptile is okay. awesome. Okay, fair enough. I would probably choose, um, again, Grookey. I okay. think he's so cute and adorable in his first form, and I love his final form. Yeah, I mean, if we're going... I'm thinking more final evolutions, what I'll yeah. eventually like, destroy the Elite Four with after I turn them into God form yeah. from like neglecting my family. But if I kept first evolutions... God, really, all of them. Chikorita, I find to be adorable. Oh, absolutely. Um, his shiny form is adorable. Um, Bulbasaur. Yeah. I've seen him in so many episodes with Ash. Snivy's like a little emo teenager that doesn't talk to his parents anymore. So I'm not a big fan Sniv- of him. Is that the little lizard guy mm-hmm. who turns into a basilisk? Yes. Superior? Mm-hmm. Who's a beast, if you get his hidden ability... And then he has... Um, okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like Leaf Storm or Leaf Tornado. Yeah. And basically every time... Oh, his hidden ability swaps his attack and defense. And then every time you use this same Leaf Tornado, it doubles up his attack bonus. Mm-hmm. And you just become this like one-shot wonder. He's actually banned, but... Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Water starters... One. We have Squirtle, Totodile, Mudkip, Piplup, Oshawott, Froakie, Popilo, how do you pronounce that one, and Sobble. The first three water starters are just freaking amazing. That's, yeah, that's what I'm... Squirtle, Totodile, and Mudkip, like how do you choose between the three of those? I love Blastoise. Blastoise, Feraligator, and Swampert? Dude, they're so great. I... That one, I don't know if I can choose. Yeah. I really have no... Mudkip is the most adorable thing. I actually got two shiny Mudkips last night. It's just a little purple guy. Mm -hmm. He's adorable. Um, I'd probably go with Totodile. I think I probably would too, because Feraligator is such a beast. I mean, so is Blastoise and uh, Swampert, but Totodile through each of the three forms is just so great. Mm -hmm. So I have Skeptile... Totodile. And Charizard. And Charizard. And I have Charizard, whatever Grookey's final form is. It's like, Bongo. Yeah. And then Feraligator. Feraligator. Yeah. Solid nice. party lineup. Ryan, the next question uh, is a natural transition. What do you think is the worst way to die? I think Did we've talked about this before. What you're fearful most of. Probably dementia. Oh, okay. That's not the... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the more and more I think about it, I mean, yeah, drowning in a car would suck. And then I think last time I answered this question, it was like, there's a lot of different medieval tortures that I would hate to have. Oh, we did go down that rabbit hole, didn't we? Yeah. And then you had to cut me off. You're like, oh, okay. I think we ended up where like, there are weights on like a wedge and it splits you through your rectum. Was where I went last time. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe I shouldn't have asked this question. Think about it. It's... 
my brain deteriorating faster than my body yeah and not knowing it and having that impact everyone around me without me understanding and becoming a burden on society and not being able to do anything because it's an astral's transition yeah that would be terrifying and it's like a 40 year process of your brain slowly shutting down to the point where you live in like a 10 to 15 second loop and i'm like that sounds so fucking terrifying yeah i like one it it's such a burden on your family because they're not just answering the same question over and over that's not too burdening but it's it's sad to un- or see what you once were mm-hmm. and those memories and then have it be clouded by what you currently are in your deteriorated state. Yeah, I mean, you just become a shell of your former self. And we've both seen people in our lives, whether it's grandparents or, or friends of the family, that, that go through this. And it's it's terrifying to witness it, but to experience it firsthand and not knowing you're experiencing it would just yeah. be... I don't even know. I mean, you just go into a vegetable-like state over the course of that many years. You're just not the person you once were. Um, yeah, I would just... If if that's the route I was going, I would have rather died 30 years previously. Yeah. And uh, the more I think about it, like, I'm more and more willing to, like, jump off a cliff at, like, 85 or 90 to not have to go through that. Yikes. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think I think relatively quickly and, like, I'm relatively intelligent. And I would hate to have to deal with not being able to remember or think at that speed because I'm like, what am, why? I mean, like, even being tired, you're slowed down so much. Not that I jump off a cliff because I'm tired. Yeah. But, like, you get slowed down, like, even if, say, you smoke marijuana and you're mm-hmm. slowed down, that stu- that terrifies me. I'm like, I, d- I don't like this feeling, mm-hmm. and that's why I don't do it, is because I'm not at my... Optimal speed. Yeah. Yeah, you're not yourself. I'm not my max settings. <laughs> <laughs> Crank me up to 11 and <laughs> insert a graphics card into my rectum. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's what i'm most afraid of currently yeah that's fair yeah next question sure let's go to from (laughs) pokemon to death (laughs) slow death um this next one is an interesting one and kind of a mouthful so hopefully you hopefully you understand what i'm getting at here if you could ask one question of one person be guaranteed complete honesty who would that person be and what would you ask hmm I didn't really think of an answer for this one for myself, but actually when I interviewed for DSP, uh, Delta Sigma Pi, a professional business fraternity that Ryan and I were a part of in college, one of the questions that they asked me is that if you could sit down and have coffee with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? And I, I said Jesus because what a wild conversation that would be, right? Yeah, I said <laughs> Sir Isaac Newton. Okay. And I said we all know him for his three laws and all that jazz and gravity, but... He also made calculus in like a month or so Mm -hmm. because his friend wanted to know why the, uh, I guess the eclipse of, or the ellipses of the moon's path around the earth 
is that shape and not a perfect circle. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, dude, bro. <laughs> Don't really know, but give me a little bit of time. And then he fucking made calculus. Yeah, that'd <laughs> like be... derivatives <laughs> and integrals. And then he's like, here's your answer, and here's why it's an ellipses. I'm like, with that kind of intelligence, I'd want to understand how he thinks and, yeah, how he comes to his conclusion and... It might be how his brain is wired differently than everyone else's, but mm-hmm. yeah, that would be a cool conversation as well. I'd have to probably learn a different language, but... Probably. Yeah. That's a good one. That's an interesting one. Yeah. For those that uh, are listening to this podcast, who would you want to sit down? Or actually, just going back to the nature of the, the question that I asked Ryan, if you could ask one person a question and be guaranteed complete honesty, what would you ask that person or who would it be and what would you ask them? I think it's a, it's a good conversation starter for sure. Even if Ryan derailed it into territory, I honestly had no idea where the heck he was going. That's fair. Ryan typically does that. Or we go to King Tut and be like, Hey, what's it like to have like a club leg (laughs) (laughs) and be a product of incest? That's a really crazy story to, to look up on Wikipedia. Just reading up on King Tut. I've done that before. How broken he was because his parents and his grandparents were all like just brother and sister. Yeah. I mean, he was like 19 or something when he died. And he was only like four feet tall or something stupid like that. Yeah. He was not doing well. Mm -hmm. So, and he got a pyramid out of it. He did. Very interesting. I hope I get a pyramid when I die. One can hope, (laughs) Ryan. (laughs) One I bet Jeff know. Bezos will get a pyramid. He absolutely will. If you could live anywhere in the world for a year, Ryan, where would it be? Oh, that's really hard. I, I mean, my go-to place is New Zealand, but I wouldn't live there for a year. Because they've got really weird creatures. Yeah, like and spiders giant for days. spiders. Yeah. Like spiders the size of horses. Um, I think Tokyo, for me, is just such an interesting place. I couldn't live there for a year. Yeah. Um. I mean, even after two weeks, I wanted to come home. It was nice. It was really nice for a weekend, and probably I could do, like, go to Tokyo and live there for a few weeks or a month. Mm-hmm. I'd probably do somewhere in Europe, um, like Switzerland. Switzerland would be amazing, just hiking all the time. Yeah. I get a dog. Yeah. That's yeah, and it's, it's very close to, it's basically the U.S. except for beautiful. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah okay well colorado i mean you can go out there and yeah but you have like the old timey architecture mm-hmm. of i guess pre-colonial they've got the original architecture of like vikings and all that jazz what europe used to be mm-hmm. i mean they've got a bunch of cathedrals and really cool churches and stuff that would be awesome to explore they've got lots of pickpocketing and theft Beautiful. It's great. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to live there? Another question here. I I don't know. I thought of this one. This wasn't something I read online. I was just kind of curious. What was the most memorable toy you played with uh, when you were little? Like, did you have a specific, like, either toy set or action figure? Like, obviously, like, separating ourselves from video games here. KeyBank used to... I don't know how the promotion worked, but... If you had a certain amount that you put into a savings account, maybe 50 bucks or whatever, 
you got a dinosaur and there was a new like a really high quality dinosaur <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like so i got this safety deposit key from key <laughs> bank <laughs> and i just played with this key for days <laughs> And then it opened a door, and then there was a sorcerer's stone that I got in my pocket after looking in a mirror. Yeah. Uh, I touched a man's face, and he turned into dust. <laughs> <laughs> Today's a perfect day. If Obviously, no one can see this because it's a podcast, but it is like icy rain outside, and it's just gray. So, it's a perfect day for Harry Potter Marathon. I think so. I'm touching faces. <laughs> Turning things to dust. Yeah. So a dinosaur from KeyBank. Yeah, so there was a bunch of different, like, really high-quality dinosaur figures. Yeah. And, like, some of them were, like, a foot tall for, like, the brontosaurus. Mm -hmm. It's, like, a foot tall. And they were really nice. And I, maybe each month or so, a new one came out. So we put a 50 bucks in. And get this dinosaur, and I still have that collection in my parents' basement. That's the yeah, so the basement with that big bin of dinosaurs. That's because of KeyBank. Yeah, there it's nice. a really nice set. I was always a fan of dinosaurs. Um, I had dinosaur fact offs first, my friends, because hmm. I was a loser <laughs> back in the day. Um, so yeah, I, I really like dinosaurs and just playing with them and making up stories, similar to you making up stories with your yeah. So I was just gonna room. say like. Either going to my grandma's house and she had a big bin of like, army men, like the little green guys, like you'd see in Toy Story. I would like make little stair- stories and scenarios on her staircase yeah. type of thing. And similarly, I had like Play Mobile or Fisher Price had these different sets with uh, either a castle or a pirate ship. And I had all these like little figurine dudes that I would just kind of create these little scenarios. And again, when I was after dinner, I would always just say, hey, mom or dad, can I go to my room and play with, play with my guys? Like that was my little thing I did I just I don't know I, I love that sense of expressing your imagination with with toys and whatever else and I I don't want to say that's lost with today's generation but I just feel like all these kids are just have their eyes glued to their parents iPhones and it's just to yeah. me it's frustrating like I hope that Lauren and I when we do end up having kids I don't want to say force them to play with toys but we we do that first before we're just shoving an iPhone in their face and saying hey shut up like stop talking just yeah i think to developmentally it's bad for them to have phones before a certain age and the cutoff is not as early as seven it's later yeah you don't so i'm pretty sure like two-year-olds it's really bad for them to start yeah i mean i'm pretty sure my vision is as terrible as it is because i was a six seven eight year old kid staring at my game boy screen late at night yeah playing you know pokemon i think it strengthens your cones and rods if you know what i'm saying <laughs> i don't know if that's how that works right yeah that or we um I, I mean i played tennis as a kid and through high school and now just for fun but we cleared out a portion of our basement and on the wall, we did a little like paper mache net, mm-hmm. like the normal night he- or net height, and we made a guy out of like paper and named him Tennis Bob, <laughs> and we'd hit against Tennis Bob just playing tennis in our basement. Nice, yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I think that is lost, like arts and crafts and just toys and making up your own story and like imagination, mm-hmm. um, and the ability to talk to people nowadays is lost on the youth. Yeah. Well, it, I remember back in my day when we had to talk to people. Well, it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's funny like, you say that because our church is having this 
thing for parents who have uh, kids in like middle school and high school to, it's like this documentary. I don't know if it's out for, for the public or if it's like specific that we film the movie. I don't know what it is, but anyways, it's about helping kids with technology, specifically phones and social media, because while we're quote unquote, the most connected generation that we we've ever been, we're also the most lonely, lonely. Yeah. generation. Um, and our, uh, our square footage for like per apartment or per house is going up, but our number of connections and our amount of depression is also going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or not our connections. Our depression is going up and our lack of connection or feeling connected is going down. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, social media is not helping that. Again, that's why I deleted Facebook. I activated it again because I wanted to post Scooby's one-year-old picture. Or He turned one uh, last Monday, and so I wanted to post his little derpy smile picture. But It's very derpy. But then I logged off of Facebook again. Nice. But Anyways, Ron, a couple more questions here for you, All if right. you don't mind. If you could change your first name, what would you change it to? Darius. Um, I don't know. Probably Maximus Decimus Meridius, <laughs> leader of the legions of the north, father to a murdered son, <laughs> husband to a murdered, murdered wife. wife, and I will get my vengeance in this life or the next. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Joker's sad now, because <laughs> I think it was Walking Phoenix was the emperor. Um, such a good movie. It is a great movie. Apparently, it's sad that Russell Crowe's an asshole, but it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Are you not entertained? I would say Ethan. Ethan? Yeah. I was watching Mission Impossible last night, and Ethan Hunt, obviously, is Tom Cruise's character. Yeah. I don't know what I'd look like. You'd probably look the same if your name was different, right? I don't think <laughs> Thanks. that drastically... Like Jake? Is an imp- like a imp- generic white dude name. Darnell. <laughs> I can pull up Darnell. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a random question. I figured you had some witty answer for. So, You're sticking with Darnell? or <laughs> I do like Darnell. Okay. Yeah. Would you rather be bald or covered head to toe and hair? Or Brie Lar- I can pull up Brie Larson. <laughs> <laughs> Rose Tika. <laughs> yeah. My first name is Rose hyphen Tika. <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> I like it. Rose hyphen Tika. Rose Tika. Rotika. That's good. It's good stuff. It almost turns into radica the more you say it. Yeah. All right. Next question. <laughs> Would you rather be bald or covered head to toe in hair? Like my face is in like all hairy. You're like a werewolf, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> bald. Yeah? Yeah. I mean... Luckily, my genetics are nice that I'm probably not going to go bald anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But I, f- I feel like the the bald head with a beard look is c- all right. Like Jeff, Jeff, the pastor at your parents' yeah. church? I think you could pull it off. He's a beautiful man. You could man. be a dilf. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's like, dude, he's like a linebacker. Yeah. He could take someone out. Well, the uh, pastor, uh, what's his face? Rick. He actually Rick played for the Packers. Yeah, he, played for, he was a QB for the Packers. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Yeah. Anyways, Ryan. It's a weird transition. Yeah. I've got one question for you. One final question for you. We've definitely covered this one before, but it's just a fascinating, um, I don't know, choice, if you will. Would you rather go to space or to the bottom of the ocean? And I'm actually going to change it up. 
would you rather go into space, inhabit some planet? If you can't, obvi- you can't obviously breathe, but you have like a trailer, you have a spacesuit, you can like if you ne- haven't seen Mars with Matt Damon, you're living on a desolate planet. Okay, I'm shitting on potatoes. <laughs> yeah, you're living on a desolate planet for let's just say a year, or you go to the bottom of the ocean with an expansive submarine. You have windows everywhere so you can witness and experience all the different sea life at the pit of the ocean. With certain light bulbs so you get your daily dose of vitamin D. Gotta love that D. Gotta love the D. (laughs) Well, I mean, we got gummies for the D. What? You don't buy vitamin D gummies? Oh, yeah. We don't have a sun here. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about there. Um, I think I picked space last time. And the ocean fascinates me. It, so no, I, it does me too, but I can't, I'd be so claustrophobic. Well, that's what I said in an expansive submarine. So think of like, I don't know how, like the, what the square footage would be and not the size of the cruise line that we went on, but maybe like a fraction of the size of that ship. So it'd be pretty huge. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, most of the oceans unexplored. Especially if you could... There's so much ocean. So think of like you go to the top of the submarine, and I don't know if you had a class in the planetarium at in the college we went to, but I took a... um, I went to the one at COSI. Okay, well, I had an astronomy class there, and we would sit back in these movie-like seats, and he would project basically space, the nighttime sky on the ceiling. So it kind of felt like you were looking out into space. So picture being in this gargantuan submarine. You go to the top of it. You sit in these movie-like chairs, these reclining seats, and you look up and you can remove this cover to see this giant half-globe spherical view of the ocean. And you can project little lights too to see all the sea life like moving around. Almost like you're in an aquarium, but you're at the bottom of the ocean. That would be awesome. Like the Marianas Trench, because that's like the, the one part of the ocean that we really haven't been able to fully explore. Yeah, We haven't explored most of the ocean, but you know what I mean. Yeah, there's just... It's crazy to think how much volume there is. Mm-hmm. Like, we almost can't comprehend, because there's so much volume. Yeah. Like, how do you quantify square miles of water? You and can't, then, really. I mean, because it's, it's hard to conceptualize because seeing, hey, that building's a mile away, you're probably going to need glasses. Mm-hmm. And then saying, hey, let's turn that into a cube. And then let's fill it with water and then fill it with creatures that we can't see directly. Like looking for birds in a square mile, a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But when it's filled with water and all water, the impurities that are you know floating around, algae, whatever. Yeah, and if it looks like any of the giant lakes around us... Gross. You can light them on fire. Well, just... Okay, so let's just continue changing the scenario here. If the water's as crystal clear as, like, the water you see in the Nassau Bahamas, so you can see clearly for, I don't know, dozens of yards. Yeah. No, I I think the ocean would be amazing. I mean, personally, I'd love to see both of them. Um. There's a lot less things to do in space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot less terrifying. And I think it's... If I was able to... Uh, what's the dude in... Um, who's the blue dude with his penis out? In uh, Mr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. What? 
It's that DC oh, movie. You're, you're talking about um, The Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, The Watchmen. I was like, was this on TMZ reported <laughs> yeah. like last week in the news? I don't know. No, if I could like be him and look, like go up to these phenomenon, that would be awesome. Um, like a quasar. Mm-hmm. Like an electrically charged like star kind of or like supernova. Yeah. There there's so many weird things that would be awesome to study up close, but you'd obviously die with any like close proximity. And close proximity is like hundreds of thousands of miles. Um the ocean would just be awesome because there's so many random things that have the potential of being down there. Mm-hmm. Like the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Nessie. There's Giant Squid. That would be insane. Exists. Yeah. Um, like, was it? 50,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've there are pictures of those squids, but... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what can exist. Have you ever watched... Um, what was that movie with the Chimera? And they come out of the, like a portal in the ocean i don't know we've been really you've been really struggling trying to think of movies so find out maybe next week on the otaku brothers podcast what movie ryan's thinking about finn was in the second one finn from star wars was in the second one. Oh, yeah i know what you're talking about i don't really know the movie yeah. name but i it'd be cool to like think that those kind of creatures are down there pacific rim pacific rim yeah, yeah. or um like the creatures from the first star wars mm-hmm like those giant Naboo fish that get eaten by bigger fish. Yeah, there's always a bigger fish, according to Liam Neeson. Until you, I guess, uh, go through the center of the planet. Isn't that what the premise was? Let's go through the core of this planet in a, like, a little speeder with a Gungan? Yeah, basically. Well, they were leaving the Gungan city. Yeah. Anyways, Ryan, I think, I think we're, we're good on this episode. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun to go to the ocean. Yeah, me too. Well, we hope all of you fine folks enjoyed listening to our many ramblings during this episode, talking about the Secret Santa, Star Wars news, Smash Brothers news, and of course the games that we played recently. If you want to get involved in the show, you can get on the Discord, as I mentioned earlier, link in the show notes, or you can write us an email at otakabrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from all of you guys, get some, you know, interesting ideas for show topics or if you just want to make your voice heard by all means shoot us an email or drop us a note in the discord ryan any closing words for listeners no just have a good week we'll be back next week to talk about some stuff yeah we're not really sure if we want to do the top 10 games of the decade but we might surprise you with that yeah if you have any suggestions on what you want to hear from us i'm just drop it in the discord and we can chat about it we'd love to hear from you all right Have a great week, and we will see you next episode. See ya.